Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here. Happy you're listening. Well, for those of us that are paying attention to COVID very closely, it feels like it's beginning to unravel. Uh, You've got Dr. Fauci who resigned. You've got excess deaths now being reported in, you know, just they're not going down. They're not going back toward the mean. They're staying uh, elevated. And you've got all these anecdotal stories and images of people uh, just falling over dead. And it's really horrifying. But I guess the silver lining in it all is it's coming to light. And it feels like this is not going to be in the shadows for much longer. It feels like it's going to be thrust out into the open for everybody to see. And hopefully there's, you know, it's revealed for the humanitarian, humanitarian crisis that it, that it was, and that it created in the, in the, in the crimes against humanity that it was. Um, I, I know those are very strong words and, and many of you probably don't like those words, but, um, this is a complete catastrophe. We, we, somehow turned over uh, all the knowledge that we have around medicine and our ethicists, you know, our ethics around medicine. Uh, the first the first being, first, do no harm. And, and just turn it over to the World, Wealth, uh, World Health Organization and CDC and other institutions like this that it turns out have been co-opted by people like Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation. And, you know, hopefully this is all going to be revealed very soon. I mean, revealed to the point where it's almost all we're talking about. And what I wanted to do is, is, is play uh, an excerpt from Mark Stein. Mark Stein's a popular substitute host on uh, the Fox News channel. He's a Canadian. Of course, he has kind of a British accent. And um, he's a real witty kind of guy. And he says things tongue in cheek, but he starts off his, um, his monologue, I guess is what it is. Not really a monologue, but, um, he starts off his talk by bringing up this story about Brad Wardell. Brad Wardell was this guy who was a famous mountain biker in great shape, mid 30. I think he was 37 and he just won this, this big championship. And then like three days later, just died. I mean, shocked everybody. And he starts off talking about that. And then he goes on to, you know, he kind of does his nothing to see here routine. And I just want to play a little bit of this. And um, and if we have time, I might play some of this uh, anonymous letter by an Australian writer that um, talks about the unvaccinated. If we, if we don't get to that today, I'll, I'll get to it another time. On Sunday, mountain biker Rab Wardell won the Scottish Cross Country Championship, the national championship. On Monday, the champ went on BBC Scotland to talk about his victory. To be honest, it was a bit of a disaster, but no, I just just had to to, to keep on trucking and and keep racing. And I guess still felt confident that I'd be able to 
to catch leaders and, and win. So, yeah, just give them my best shot. So a tremendous come-from-behind win on the Sunday. On the Monday, he's on the BBC talking about it, full of life there. Then he goes home and dies. Yeah, wins this very competitive race on a Monday, and on Wednesday dies. After, he inter- you know, Monday interviews with the BBC, and on Wednesday he dies. And, you know, these these athletes, they're in very good shape. And if you if you search on the internet for, uh, you know, soccer players falling over dead and things like that, you'll see a lot of this. There's a lot of these high-end athletes are are just falling over dead. Now, I don't know why it's affecting athletes uh, more than the general population. It could be uh, that whatever the problem is, is, you know, exacerbated, you know, during intense exercise or something. But it, it's definitely hitting uh, athletes right now at a, at a higher level than it is the general population. Now, that being said, there's also people in the general population just falling over dead. I mean, you you can go on YouTube. I'm, I'm chuckling, but it's not funny. But there's like news anchors that will just be talking, and they'll, their eyes will roll up in their head, and they just fall over dead. I mean, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And, and there's nothing being said about this. I mean, it, it's, it's really bizarre. All right, we're going to listen to Mark continue uh, in his talk about Brad Wardell. Headline from the Daily Record, mountain biker Rab Wardell dies just two days after winning Scottish Championship. He went into cardiac arrest on Tuesday morning, less than 48 hours after winning a national championship. His poor, devastated girlfriend, Commonwealth Games and Olympics champion, Katie Archibald, uh, tried to revive him, but she was unable to, as she subsequently tweeted... I still don't understand what's happened. If this is real, why he'd be taken now so healthy and happy. Rab Wardell was 37, which is no age to die. Nothing to see here in cycling. The sad thing about a lot of these athletes is they were forced by their organization, whatever organization they're involved with, whether it's NBA, you know, the NBA forced players to be vaccinated. and uh, But in cycling, you know, if you wanted to, participate in these events you you had to get vaccinated or you were disqualified from uh from uh competing i mean we saw this in uh, the australian open uh uh javorak uh, or however you say his name the the world famous tennis player he couldn't you know, there was a big controversy back during the australian open and he eventually had to pull out of the australian open and go back home uh, I think he's from the Czech Republic, but he refused to be vaccinated. And then he didn't get to play in the U.S. Open either because the USTA uh, said that he had to be vaccinated. So this is this is happening to a lot of athletes, mainly because they, they're being forced to be vaccinated or you can't compete. But, you know, Mark's thing here is the nothing to see here. You know, that's he'll, he'll keep saying that over and over again. And part of the reason he's having to do that is because the way the the media with which he's broadcasting on, he can't really take uh, a position on this because uh, he'll be removed from uh, the news, and and you know you just can't do that. So he's kind of using this nothing to see here, you know, move along kind of uh, narrative to not poke fun at, but just to say there's something to see here, but we can't say anything about it.
and nothing to see here in rugby from the Huddersfield Daily Examiner. Tributes to Halifax rugby player Ben Ben, who has died suddenly, aged 30. Ben Ben from Siddle died suddenly on Monday, leaving his family and friends completely shocked. The 30-year-old dad played competitive rugby for a host of local league and union teams, including Huddersfield Giants and Bradford Bulls. Nothing to see here in rugby. Yeah, nothing to see here in rugby. I mean, this 30-year-old guy just uh, died. I mean... The, again, these these athletes are in great shape, and I think what Mark Mark Stein is doing here is, you know, these stories are conspicuously absent from news media. Nobody is talking about this. Now, why that is, you know, we don't really know. I mean, we don't know. Is ABC and NBC and CBS and Fox and MSNBC all these stations are there? Are there, you know, the the editors or the producers of those programs? Are they not allowing these stories to be told and curated on the news? I mean, what what's going on here? We don't know. But Mark's way of bringing attention to it, obviously, is this satirical kind of nothing to see here, you know. Just every day, you know, people just dying. It's, it's just what people do. They die sometimes. But uh, obviously, the, the common thread here is these are all highly um, athletic people that are in you know, the best shape of their lives. Nothing to see here in cycling, nothing to see here in football. Uh, From the Daily Mirror, quote, tributes have poured in after the sudden death of West Belfast footballer Molly White. Uh, Molly White was 20 and a rising star in women's football. Uh, Nothing to see here in boxing. Also from the Belfast Telegraph, a young boxer who passed away suddenly had an infectious smile and kind-hearted nature, his West Belfast club said. St Michael's Boxing Club led tributes to 19-year-old Dominic Oscar after his death last Thursday. Nothing to see here in cycling, rugby, football, boxing, 37 years old, 30 years old, 20 years old, 19. Fit, healthy, in the peak of condition, and dead. You know, if you ever listen to like a story about a journalist and they talk about why they got into journalism and investigative reporting and everything, it's the story. You know, it's it's the it's the it's the thrill of chasing down the story and all this. I mean, where are all these people? We've we're turning out journalism majors like I don't know, like M&Ms. And none of these people are writing on any of this stuff. It's 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 really amazing. It makes you wonder it makes me wonder, I mean, the conspiracy theory part of my mind makes me wonder what is driving this lack of interest in maybe the story of the century. I mean, here we are only in the second decade of the century, and we've got maybe the story of the century going on, and nobody is reporting on it. But nothing to see here. A few months ago, I thought there might be something to see here in all these sportsmen suddenly dying. And I'm being investigated by Ofcom over it. So I certainly wouldn't want to make that mistake again. Nevertheless, as we've reported, in the Canadian province of Alberta, the leading cause of death is not cancer or dementia, but cause unknown. 
uh, death from unknown causes. This was uh, how it's, you see the way? It was just 500 in 2019. Two years later, it's three and a half thousand. Cause unknown is now spreading to other provinces, including my own native Sod, Ontario. On Saturday, Rhea Vernort from Hamilton was jet skiing on Lake Ontario with old friends she hadn't seen since the COVID came along. The friends turned away and then looked back and saw Ms. Vernort's body floating in the lake. Also sudden death. She was 32 and a paramedic, which I mentioned because it means certain things can be inferred. She leaves a six-year-old daughter. So real quick here, I think it would be important to mention that this, this report from Mark Stein is a few months old. So it probably is from uh, May or June. I can't remember right off the top of my head. But he's talking about cause, uh, death, uh, cause of death unknown. And he, and he compares that uh, cause of death unknown in, in the province that he's talking about was 500 in 2019. And he's saying basically in May or June, it's 3,500. And it's the leading cause of death in that, in that particular province that he's reporting on. So you, you've got, I mean, that's a seven-fold increase in the cause of death unknown. And it's not even halfway through the year. So you've got, uh, you've got major, major issue going on here. And again, nobody reporting on it. He even talks about how he was investigated here briefly, uh, and he's not making that mistake again. And so uh, maybe this is why people can't touch it. But the, the question, I think uh, the, the natural next question is why? What, what is it? What's keeping people from touching it? Is it because they're going to get fired from the job? Is it because, um, you know, they're going to get assassinated? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what is causing um, this media blackout along the, you know, like I said, one of the maybe the most important story of my lifetime. And I'm in my mid-50s. So uh, this is a... It's very disturbing in America where we have supposedly a free press and and there's just information is just not being reported in the in the main news outlets. You have to go to the Internet or you have to go to uh, Rumble or you have to go to some, uh, you know, secondary outlet to find this information. Okay, let's move from the case studies to the big picture. Here is a table from a new report. I expect you're wondering who it's by, some crazy far-right QAnon conspiracy theorist? No, it's the U.S. Society of Actuaries. An actuary, for the benefit of you Twitter trolls, is a person who calculates insurance risk. And if you don't do that accurately, you wind up paying out a lot more money than you ever intended. Yes, I, I want to expound just a little bit on this uh, association of actuaries. Uh, actuaries are a very important part of insurance businesses. Uh, to his point, they calculate risk. And for example, if you're 30 years old uh, and you want to buy an insurance policy, they have to price that risk. And so they, they look at statistics. They look at how many 30-year-olds die in a year. Uh, they, they, look at, they draw your blood. They take your blood pressure, things like that. And then they, they price uh, your policy based on your risk factors and your age. And so this is a very, very important part of the insurance business. And it's also, uh, you know, insurance companies are some of the most wealthy 
uh, enterprises in, in our country. I mean, they have billions, trillions in some cases, collectively, dollars under management. And they, they guard those dollars very, very carefully. And the way they do this is they price risk accurately. So the fact that this information is coming from insurance companies gives it a lot of credibility. And I've talked about this before. We talked about excess deaths before on this program. Incidentally, this is like the seventh episode I've done on COVID. And just to remind you, we had an episode, uh, we did uh, COVID on episode 5, 8, 23, 100, 101, and 108. So if you really want to you know, really kind of follow what I've been doing around COVID, go back and listen to some of those. Episode five was more than a year ago. So uh, that'll give you an idea of how long I've been following this. And, you know, I, I consider myself, uh, you know, an obscure outlet (laughs) right now, you know, I'm by far mainstream. Okay. You know, way far away from mainstream. So I kind of curate this information, you know, so you don't have to, but, um, um, I just wanted to give you that information about the insurance companies because these are very savvy uh, enterprises and they and they know what they're doing. And so the fact that this information is coming from insurance companies is extremely important and extremely credible. Let's look at Table 5.7 from the Society of Actuaries showing excess deaths in America broken down by age. Focus on that uh, red bit. Uh, We'll come to that in a minute. At the left-hand side of the table from 2020, the spring and summer of COVID, it's not good. You can see excess deaths of 15 and 16%. Thank goodness all those vaccines came along, eh? But then look at the third quarter of 2021. Twice as many dead 35 to 44-year-olds as there should be. Uh, and actually almost as lousy numbers for those in their late 20s and early 50s. So look at that, excess mortality for 25 to 54-year-olds, young and middle-aged Americans. Anything going on in the third quarter of 2021? Well, that was actually the peak of vaccine mandates in America, uh, where in a variety of occupations, from paramedics uh, to Manhattan waitresses in diners, you had to get jabbed to keep your job. And oddly enough, that coincides with massive excess mortality among people in the prime of life. But altogether now, correlation is not causation. This excess death information is very critical. And what what he pointed out is during COVID itself, we had about 15% excess death rate, which you would expect, right? Now, the vast majority of those people that died during the COVID, the heights, you know, the, the, the meat of the COVID pandemic were older people. These were people, most of them older than 75. And now what we're looking at is we're looking at excess deaths. Not only is it a higher rate, but it's in a, it's in a category of people that really had no risk of dying from COVID. And this is where people really got confused about the pandemic. You know, they, they objectively couldn't look at the vaccine. We'll call it a vaccine, but really what it is is a gene therapy. Okay. So we, they, they couldn't look at it and go, well, golly, this is experimental and I'm 25 years old. So I'm not going to take it. 
you know, because anything experimental has unknown risks in the future, right? And in and the risks of COVID were pretty much known. I mean, I would say within six months of the pandemic starting, uh, or nine months of the pandemic starting, long before the vaccine came out, the risks of COVID were well do- well known and documented. Most people that were dying from it were older than seventy years old. Now, yeah, they were they were reporting a lot with these these outlier kind of conditions of people going into the hospital and dying. Um, I mean, the, the, there's no there's no denying that. But if you if you if you dug into the numbers and you were thirty or even forty or even 50, you, you had to look at it and go, well, why would I take this experimental drug that I don't know what the effects are going to be out in the future for a risk that really is not hitting me? Does it mean I'm not going to get hospitalized? Probably not. I mean, not necessarily anyway. And it does mean that I could catch it and I could get sick. But I'm not likely to die, okay? And all you had to do is say, okay, well, if, if there's some unknown, unknown unknowns out there, which there always is with some experimental treatment, you know, you just had to say to yourself, well, do I want to die or do I want to live the rest of my life with some debilitating kind of disease or, you know, in and out of hospitals for the rest of my life? No. I mean, I would rather risk that 18 month or two year window of when the pandemic is becoming endemic, right? A pandemic kills some people and then it becomes endemic in the community and then it's always there. So that's just the way the viruses work. And, and, and it doesn't take a lot of research into that subject to, to figure out that's how it works. So really what we had is we had just a mass media campaign and uh, uh, propaganda campaign to convince people that they needed to take this. And you mix in a little force, like if you want to go to college or you want to go to school, you know, or you want to be a teacher or you want to be a paramedic, you know, they held this over your head. And some people, you know, felt pressure to go ahead and do that. And that is, in America, that is a travesty because this is supposed to be a free country. We, we once had a healthcare system that was the envy of the world. Uh, now, just like everything else, it's been politicized and it's been co-opted by uh, corporations and rich uh, people like Bill Gates and institutions like the World Health Organization and the CDC. And it, it's just, a, it's a real shame. And then to boot, you've got all these people dying, all these young, innocent people. And it's just a real tragedy. Here's the latest report from Eurostat. They're keeping it simple uh, here. The pale yellow is for countries with the lowest excess deaths. Uh, So that's like Hungary, where deaths are actually down 0.3%. Slovakia deaths are down 1.9%. Bulgaria, 7.9%. So Bulgaria's got the opposite problem for most places. It's got excess life. Uh, you'll scan the Bulgar papers in vain for sudden death from cause unknown. Whereas that dark maroon there, those are the worst countries with excess mortality over 15%. Estonia, 
16.2%, Spain, 16.7%, Portugal, excess mortality of 23.9%, more dead bodies than usual. Now, when he's talking about this, he doesn't bring up the United States, but he did bring up the United States earlier, and the United States does have similar excess deaths. But when I, when I listen to this, and I listen to the countries that he mentions, you know, they're all Western countries. Um, they're, they're countries uh, that make up what I, what I call Western civilization, or what is commonly known as Western civilization. And it makes me, it reminds me of the episode I did back on 113 uh, where we brought up that obscure government-related group called Deagle that had this crazy population forecast for 2025. And I, I don't know, maybe this, is, maybe this is why the forecast exists is because they think, you know, 200 million Americans are going to die. I don't know. Uh, but but when you when you look at that and I, and I would challenge you to go back and look at that or listen to that program on episode 113 when you look at that forecast all the countries all the same countries are mentioned in that forecast that the the the, the excess deaths that Mark Stein just talked about and the depopulation that Deagle reports or forecasts rather in 2025 are the are the same countries so it, it just makes me wonder you know if that's part of the deal you know if that's what's happening now um, a forecast is a forecast it doesn't mean that many people are going to die or anything like that it's just um, maybe they knew about all this up front and and the estimates were were higher than they're actually going to turn out to be but you, you could still have tens of millions of people die and that would be a huge um, a huge tragedy. I mean, uh, it would be uh, crimes of humanity on on a scale that you know the world has never seen. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, for me, it's like, why aren't people reporting on this? I have another job. You know, I don't have all day long to investigate every little thing and and try to vet it, right? But there are people that do that do have jobs. Uh, where they're being paid to go investigate things. And I just don't understand why that's not happening. And I guess it's why, you know, you continue to have uh, people leave mainstream media and, and get news from other sources. And I hope people that listen to this program will keep listening to the program. Hopefully uh, you find it valuable. You, you makes you think, uh, helps create independent thinking. You know, I think one of the big problems we have in America is we have we have groupthink on a on a massive scale. Groupthink is is just rampant in America. I mean, um, it's basically broken down into two groups: the Democrats think one way and the Republicans think another way. But it's still groupthink. There's no independent thinking whatsoever in 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 general in our community, in in the American community, and that's one of the problems we're having here. That and all the lying that's going on, the the, the misinformation is really uh, is really lying on uh, uh, on these parts of uh, you know parts of the institutions and things like that. They're the ones that get to pronounce what's misinformation and what's disinformation, but really they're lying about what 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 they're saying. I can remember way back in the very beginning of the pandemic, these these doctors, there was like six of them. 
they had a press conference right there in front of uh, the Capitol. And they were talking about, look, all this information about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and so on and so forth, this is all false. These drugs are very, very safe. They're antivirals. Uh, they're, they're, they should be used for this as treatment, uh, not as a cure, but as treatment. And all these doctors were just dragged through the mud. And, and now we know it's, I mean, the Lancet, the New England Journal of Medicine, uh, we, we know from several quote unquote reputable sources that what these doctors said was true. But at the time, at the, at the exact moment that we really needed that information, and we needed people to, to say, yes, this information is accurate. The institutions were saying, no, this is misinformation. Do not do this. It, it'll kill you and all this kind of stuff. And, and that's really the problem is, you know, it, it doesn't do anybody any good uh, three years later to find out the truth. Not when, when time matters. And, and when people were getting COVID, time mattered. You know, time was of the essence, so to speak. And, and at that moment, uh, these sources of good information were undermined, they were, they were discredited, they were called conspiracy theorists, they were, they were deplatformed, all this kind of shit happened at, at the exact same time that we really needed this information so that people could make informed individual decisions for themselves and their family members. Tell you what, just for fun, boys and girls, let's also take a look at vaccination rates in Europe. Uh, this is the uh, rundown of countries. So look at that. The least vaccinated country in Europe is Bulgaria. And they also have the least excess mortality. Hmm. And the most vaccinated country in Europe is Malta, which isn't included in the excess mortality stats. So let's go to the second most vaccinated country in Europe, Portugal. And they have the highest excess mortality in it. So the lowest country with the lowest vaccination rate has the lowest excess mortality. And the country with the highest vaccination rate has the highest excess mortality. But altogether now, correlation is not causation. So he keeps saying that uh, correlation is not causation. And that is true in, in general. But I think... You know, it, it is uh, <laughs> when you see correlation in state after state after state or country after country after country, you know, you can break this down almost in, to any level of community and you see the same correlation. It would be one thing if you, if you let's say you broke it down into random uh, groups of community and did not see a correlation, then you could say, well, Correlation is not causation. But the problem is, no matter how far you break this down, there is a correlation between uh, excess deaths and vaccination rates. So, you know, we, we, the thing is, it's certainly correlated enough that media institutions and reporters and some investigative reporters, other than Glenn Greenwald and people like that, should be looking at it. People with a large megaphone. I mean, I've got, I've got a microphone here, but I don't have a huge audience, so I don't have a megaphone. Joe Rogan has delved into this some. He has a huge megaphone. But other people should be picking this up, and it's just not getting picked up. And I, and I think what's going to happen 
is we're going to look back on this and we're going to say this was a complete disaster, okay? Like an like an unbelievable disaster that's never happened in the history of the world ever. And hopefully what people will glean from that is that it was just it was a huge failure in government. And it doesn't matter. It, it could be accidental or it could be intentional. It's still a huge failure of government. Okay? I don't care if you're on the in the camp of they're trying to kill us all or if you're in the camp of the government's just incompetent. It doesn't matter. Either way, it's a huge failure of, of government, our institutions, uh, our lack of individual liberty. Okay? It shows how tyrannical uh, government has become. Even in this um, world of expanding democracies, you know, that's what they'd like to talk about, that, you know, the world has never been more democratic than it is today and this kind of thing. Yeah, well, what does that get you? You know, a bunch of excess mortality uh, and, a you know, uh, kicked out of society if you don't take their vaccine. So, look, I hope you've enjoyed this program. I'm going to have more to say about COVID because I think it's just getting worse and worse and you know, I don't want to be the guy who cowered down and wouldn't say anything about it, you know, or something like that. Um, I, I want to be, I want to be on the right side of history. You know, a lot of people talk about being on the right side of history, but look, being on the right side of history is saying the difficult thing at the time it needs to be said. And not enough people are doing that. All these people running around saying they're on the right side of history are not on the right side of history. This is this is this is a, a, a calamity, unlike the world has ever seen, and we just don't know it yet. We just don't know the scope of it yet. Just like you didn't know anything about what the Nazis were doing to the Jews until around 1944. That was the earliest indication. Well, hell, they'd already killed about five million people at that point. So, you know, this could go on to kill ten times that. And what are we going to do? Wait till 50 million people die? to get these people out of government that, that led us to this. I mean, uh, Dr. Fauci and uh, Rochelle Walensky and uh, Deborah Burks and all these, these uh, you know, these uh, doctor Nazis. I mean, we got to get rid of these people now. So, look, keep coming back. I'll keep talking about this and other uh, hot-button topics. Um, if you keep coming back, I'll keep uh, creating content. Nothing to see here.